disrespect me. Tell me I'm older. Tell me I'm slower. Tell me I can no longer fly. I want you to. Some great advice is to not be afraid to fail. But we want to flip that around a little bit and say don't be afraid to succeed. Here's to the crazy ones. The misfits. The rebels. Poet Robert Frost once said, Two roads have diverged in a wood and I took the one less travelled, and that's made all the difference. And those words still ring true to this day, as innovators of content marketing and brand publishing often say, the path that seems the clearest or the most obvious at the time isn't always the right one. In fact, those brands that have already innovated in the past must reinvent the wheel. And whilst we all strive to follow the example set by those innovators, often is the case that it's the few who decide to go against the grain that really stand out from the pack. Over the next 20 minutes, we're going to learn what it takes to be an innovator and how to move the needle through inbound marketing. So if you're ready to welcome new customers to your website, your window to the world, get your thinking cap on because we're about to get creative. Hello, my name's Rikar Leverley, and you're listening to the Brand Storytelling Podcast brought to you by Newsmodo. And if you want more information on this episode or anything else, content marketing or brand publishing, drop the team a line at newsmodo.com. And if you're not listening to this episode via iTunes, jump across, subscribe, and leave us a rating and review. Now, joining us today is one of those young, bright minds out there, a real innovator from the brand HubSpot, an inbound marketing company that has, in a similar fashion, become a brand leader in its field and continues to push the boundaries on how we think about marketing. Just yesterday, he completed the Grow with HubSpot event in Auckland and he's been kind enough to join me now. Ryan, welcome back to Brand Storytelling. How are you doing today? I'm doing incredibly well, thanks, Ricard. How are you going? I'm very well indeed. Now, Ryan, they tell me you're just back from New Zealand. How was the trip? I did. I got in last night, a little bit late. Yeah, it was a really great trip. It was it was always short and sweet, around 36 hours. But we had our um, Grow with HubSpot Auckland event um, on yesterday. So spent uh, about half a day with around 500 marketers in New Zealand, which was amazing. It was They're doing some really exciting things in Auckland and in New Zealand. They really are. Was it down at the uh, viaduct there? Yes, good guess. It absolutely nice. was. Nice event centered down there. Um, yeah, it was great. I mean, so many really good conversations. We did a similar event around the same time last year. And it's interesting going forward 12 months, just how much the market has evolved in that period in time. The conversations that I was having everyone were just much more mature, which is great to see. Yeah, I was over there last year for a content marketing event and it was fantastic, actually. They were really welcoming and it was great to see some of the innovation going on over the Dutch, so <laughs> <laughs> but you're back in Sydney now, and uh, how is it up there today? Yeah, it's really good. Uh, things are going well. I'm in the office. It is buzzing at the moment. Um, yeah, things are just doing really, really well for us at the moment in Australia and New Zealand. Um, inbound marketing and HubSpot are growing really quickly. So every, literally every time I come into the office each week, there is... A, 
a new face or two in the office. So <laughs> I'm not surprised because your share price has jumped 9.5% in the last month. And that, I presume, was probably somewhat off the back of the launch of the GrowthBot tool, which uh, for those out there helps users analyze data within the HubSpot platform. This and other things must be really uh, exciting for you guys as the business is just going from strength to strength globally now. Yeah, look, the GrowthBot is really exciting. It's still very much early days, but we're trying to just make it as easy as possible for marketers to connect with one another, to learn from things that are working, to access data, whether that be within their HubSpot portal. So searching, you know, going into Facebook and saying, what is my top ranking blog post or which blog post has the most inbound links or vice versa for social media. But then we want to expand that outwards so that marketers in Singapore or marketers in Australia can say, what is the top business blog in Australia? And then our bot will find that for them. So we're trying to just create different ways in which people can access information because I think what we're seeing at HubSpot is the form is dying. So that lead form, the traditional mm-hmm. idea of gated content is becoming a little bit more of an archaic thing and it's still going to be around for a long time, don't get me wrong, but people are wanting access to content without necessarily needing to answer 10 or so questions. And what's really interesting is that businesses are starting to be able to use the implicit data that yep. brands and consumers are giving them on their website to answer questions that they would have previously had to explicitly ask. So an example might be, say, you know, the Newsmoto blog, um, you might have lots of different topics. So social media is one, email marketing is another, um, and content marketing is a, is a third. And so you previously may have asked someone in a form, what is it that the marketing topic that, that they're most interested in? Whereas now you can cut that form field and just look at the data in the background of what they're searching for on your blog and then work out that for them. So yeah. it's a really interesting really interesting space and um, the market is moving really quickly. So bots are just one really exciting part of the puzzle. The market is indeed moving very quickly as is your brand evolving. Um, what's the elevator pitch for HubSpot these days? I know because it's evolved so much just in the last couple of years and now with all these new products and services coming out, what do you actually say that you guys go to market as? Yeah, I mean, we go to market as the world's leading inbound sales and marketing platform. So we've been traditionally known for our inbound marketing platform, which is a Effectively, you know, your CMS, your social media management, your email marketing, lead scoring and everything all combined. Um, as well as now recently, you know, two years ago, we launched our absolutely 100% free CRM that's unlimited contacts, unlimited data, unlimited users. So mm. it's truly a free CRM and it's a really exciting piece. So I think the way we're viewing things at HubSpot now is that there's just so many businesses that launch and they have to pay really expensive subscription fees for a CRM before they've even validated their business is working, let alone have any leads or contacts in their database. So the way we see it is that people should be able to have that product, the CRM, for free. And then it's only then once they validate the business, once they start generating contacts and leads, that then when they want to start marketing to them, aka yeah. generating more revenue from them, that's when yeah. we'll charge you for the marketing automation components of HubSpot. So the CRM play is always free. Anyone can literally go to hubspot.com forward slash CRM and start using our free CRM literally in like 30 seconds. So that's kind of the play for us. We really see ourselves as being that vendor that's really targeting the SMB and we're really helping the SMB grow. So we're, we're not aiming for big brands at the high end that have yeah. um, you know huge, huge, huge sales forces all across the world. We're really aiming for you know the mid-market and SMB. So, mm-hmm. and, and, I, and I feels like, you know to your point around share price, that if you look at all of the investor reviews, 
that actually talk about the share price, they all say that it's like our laser focus on that market that is why we're so valuable, I think, as a company, because we're not trying to be everything to everyone. We're trying to be that growth platform for the SMB, and that's kind of what's happening. And I think at the moment we're about 19,000 customers in that space, um, and it's growing incredibly fast. So, so yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting time. It, it really is, and there's always some news coming out about HubSpot. Um, it's, a, it's an exciting platform with a lot going on, both external and internal, obviously. I was reading just the other day that one of your employees in Boston, I don't know if you read about this one, a guy named Henry Wu, who's been uh, over there as part of your development team, actually developed on the side the Pokemon Go crowdsource map for Boston, where he was actually playing the game so much he realised that perhaps there could be a tool here for all the other people out there, the, the millions of people playing Pokemon Go, on the, particularly the streets of Boston. So he's actually created this crowdsource map where you can go online and just like Google Maps, um, find out where all the Pokemon spots, hotspots are around the city. I mean, that's the kind of um, innovation that I suppose your brand is known for and the people within it. Yeah, I, I think like, the HubSpot culture is really unique and I've, I've been fortunate to work at some really amazing companies and each one has just has, has been incredibly remarkable and I probably don't think I've... I ne- I'd never thought I'd find a more remarkable company than previous ones I've worked at and I've always been delighted. But HubSpot just has this really unique thing about it whereby everyone that works there just has like... They're not similar in that we're all like... Like I don't know how to explain it, but everyone's just got this like really strong passion for creation and growth. So whether mm. that is yeah, creating you know a, a little free tool that helps people find you know Pokemon in Boston, or <laughs> whether it's a, a free email signature generator that someone in the office here in Sydney developed for people that were searching to create an email signature for their Gmail or their um, their Office 365 account. So all those little tools that the team is just really passionate about creating because they they want to help people online i think that's really at the crux of inbound marketing and Mm. um you know we're pretty fanatical about hiring at hubspot i personally went through about 25 interviews before um, getting my job here so um the company really just sees the importance in hiring the right people and once they get that right person into a role they'll give as much autonomy and breadth to to really do and and create great things so Mm, mm. yeah it's an exciting time do you think then that uh, and i will raise the book uh disrupted by Dan Line because it's been spoken about by Damesh Shah, your CTO as well, and I think his response to the book was fantastic. We'll get into that in a second. But essentially, Dan Line was an employee at HubSpot who wrote a pretty scathing view of his time at the company. But as I said, um, none of those points were really uh, balked at by the CTO, Damesh Shah at the time. He actually encouraged that feedback, I suppose, and acknowledged some of the points that were made in the book. But maybe there was a misrepresentation or a misalignment of the understanding of that culture and innovation and creativity, because it seems to be what actually fuels the business to actually continue developing and coming up with new um, new ideas and new products and platforms. Yeah, look, I think it, that, that's what I think is really interesting, actually, about the cultures. You know, we have a culture deck online. So if anyone goes to culturecode.com, they can view our culture code has been viewed two plus million times by people online um, and so I think we're really we're really proud of showcasing that culture so that the right type of employee that is attracted to you know a high pace fast growth super learning super challenging environment comes on board um, so I think look if we're putting all those things out there of what the culture is like and I think it's then the onus is on the employee that's joining to make sure that that culture aligns with what they're wanting out of their career, right? So mm-hmm. we're really, really passionate about transparency and making sure that people know um, as much as there is to know about HubSpot. I mean, 
yesterday we actually opened up our Snapchat account for 24 hours and allowed people to apply for roles via Snapchat. So they had to teach us something on Snapchat within six snaps. So I think we're trying to showcase that we're really passionate about going to where people are, people that might be passionate, people that might want to join a company like HubSpot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're very much not about trying to mold people into being this HubSpot you know, person, but we're really focused on trying to find people that automatically fit with those values. And that's why we have uh, some five values called heart at HubSpot. Um, so H is for um, hum- humbleness, um, E for effectiveness, A for adaptability, R for remarkability, and T for transparency. Um, so in that culture code, there's a lot of information on, you know, what those values mean to us. And so, um, yeah, we're really big believers in, you know, hiring people that, that fit those. Yeah. So were you a little bit taken back by the book at the time or what's your take on it? I, I personally haven't read it, actually. Um, you know, I was only at the company after um, after that kind of all went down to be honest so really didn't know much about it yeah absolutely and as you said the past is in the past so let's move on and in a recent interview with Lifehacker you talked about the need for brands to now shift their focus to creating content for the target audience you have identified and that's really important particularly while they're online could you tell us a little bit more about that yeah great question look so I, I speak to hundreds of marketers a week and the biggest thing that I find is that that marketers that business owners they're so involved with their brand that they they frequently forget to think outside of the context of what it is that their product and service does. So a lot of the time I'm talking with them and and I realize that they don't have enough content that's higher in the funnel. And so the example I always give people is that, so I wear glasses, okay, I'm incredibly blind. When I, as, as, so, is that as, why you bring a dog to work? It's not a, no, yeah, he's not a, um, he's not a, a dog for that. <laughs> but I'd like to actually convert him across to being a dog that so that I can take him on planes and buses. But I don't know how the government would feel about that. But look, so for me, so, uh, right, I'm, you know, I'm a buyer of glasses. I buy from OPSM and other brands. But when I go to Google, I don't need to search for things to, you know, in the awareness or the consideration stage of buying glasses. Like I just go down to the decision phase in the buyer's journey and I'll search online for, you know, cool, cool glasses frames 2016 or latest glasses frames, cool glasses frames. So like I've already diagnosed that I have a problem and now I'm looking for options to then decide upon. But, and, and so people do too much marketing, focusing on people that are already aware and considering options and they're trying to sell to that. But they don't mm. think further up into the funnel at the people that may need glasses but don't know. And so someone that needs glasses and doesn't know might go to Google and search for how to stop getting a headache at work, right? Like that should just be, could be one thing that they search for. Mm. And then from that blog post, you know, OPSM might have a blog and it might say, Oh, well, if you're getting headaches at work, there might be a few things wrong. A, like, have you turned down the brightness of your monitor? B, have you gone for a walk every 20 minutes to give your eyes some time to readjust? And three, have you had your eyes checked recently? Um, And then people that click on that button then might go down to, like, learning and doing a little quick online assessment to see if there's any issues with their eyes, and then they might book an online assessment there. So that's, like, a very accelerated and idealistic version of how someone might move through the funnel. But the whole idea is that people need to think further up the funnel, away from the brand and the product that they're trying to sell, 
and they've got to get into the mind of their persona. And so and not enough businesses really understand, I think, the consumer that they're trying to sell to and what it is that they're looking for before they realize they need their product or service. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And that's probably a great way to end the first half of the show as we get into a little segment I like to call the Mad Minute. And if you, Ryan, would like to jump in the hot seat there, I've got 10 quickfire questions for you. And I'll put 60 seconds on the clock. And I'll start with question one, which is inbound marketing in one word could be described as... Understanding the consumer. <laughs> I'm not good at staying within the box. I've got to let you know that. <laughs> All right, question two. Now, Auckland, what's the best place in Auckland to go out? Oh, gosh. Uh, Sky City. Yeah, very nice. I was there too. It's a beautiful little spot. <laughs> question three. What can we learn from Pokemon Go? I think with Pokemon Go, we can learn a lot about context and content, right? Uh, Pokemon Go's done an amazing job at mapping out places around the world and giving really interesting places within the game and I think that's an amazing thing leveraging the Google Maps API that they've done so context and content what's the one thing you couldn't live without couldn't live without my iPhone HubSpot is about uh, it's about marketers um, and businesses and helping them grow Snapchat probably my most overused app if anyone wants <laughs> to follow it. me it's Ryan Benici and I probably snap 50 times a day it's a little bit it's a little bit compulsive <laughs> the biggest celebrity you've met oh biggest celebrity Jessica Alba nice and how was she? Absolutely stunning. It was, it was, <laughs> I, I, like the moment has been crystallised in my life. <laughs> Thought about it again, have you? Many times. The best food in Sydney? Tokos. Absolutely yep. love it. Yeah, we get that a lot. Question nine. What's the best content you've come across this year? Look, Help Scout are a really fascinating SaaS company. Um, and they create amazing content. Which probably answers question 10, but I'll ask it anyway. Any hacks or books that you can uh, recommend for inbound marketers? Yeah, look, a, hack. a quick hack that I think is really interesting is a lot of marketers use Bitly to shorten their links and to measure them on Facebook, um, Twitter, and on other channels. Something that everyone I speak to never knows is if you copy someone's Bitly URL and add a little plus to the end mm -hmm. of it, it automatically shows you all of their analytics on that link. So you can go to a competitor's Facebook or Twitter and copy all of their Bitly links and put a plus at the end and you can see which of their links is getting the most clicks and then you can work out which ones you should copy as a brand. Um, that, that's a fantastic that's a hack. Good hack. And, <laughs> that's a really good hack. Um, and I guess from a book perspective to your question, I'd say like the Inbound Marketing book by our founders, Brian and Damesh, is, is, is definitely a must read. Yeah, it really is. And you guys have that on the website as a downloadable ebook, right? We don't have it on... We have like a, a shortened version and we have an inbound yeah. certification which walks you through the learnings from it. But the actual book in its full form and glory, you, you still need Amazon. to buy yeah. Well, that was the Mad Minute. Thank you very much, Ryan. Now, let's get into the topic of the day, which is innovation. And I want to talk about inbound marketing and what you guys are up to in the space, particularly around the growth with HubSpot campaign that you've been uh, essentially shopping around the uh, region, going from city to city. I know you're on your way to Hong Kong, Mexico City, Japan, and so on. You've already been in Auckland and obviously Sydney. Tell us about uh, what this is and what our listeners can get from it. Yeah, absolutely. So the Grow With HubSpot roadshow that we're, we're working on at the moment is really about showing to businesses, marketers, salespeople, how they can grow their business differently. I mean, we talk a lot about at this event how the playbook that marketing and sales has been using for the last 20 or so years from the Mad Men era days of marketing, it's, mm -hmm. it's ineffective, it's dying, right? People are blocking commercials on TV by using Netflix, they're unsubscribing from spammy emails, they're 
you know, turning off the radio and they're getting their names and their phone numbers on do not call lists. So those outbound interruptive methods of connecting with people are no longer working. And so marketers are realizing that they need to focus on attraction-based marketing, which is called inbound marketing, which is all about looking for things that you can create to help that prospective buyer when they are online or in your store or whatnot, to then help them pull towards you, see you as a thought leader, and then over time buy from you. And so the event, which is it's funny because it's called Grow with HubSpot, but we actually don't show the HubSpot product once in the in the in the session, which is a very HubSpotty thing to do. Um, but we've broken it down into the three stages of the funnel. So the top of the funnel, how you drive traffic to your website with content. The middle of the funnel, how you convert that traffic into leads and MQLs and sales opportunities for your sales team, and then how you convert those leads opportunities into customers in the bottom of the funnel. And so yeah. my team has literally spent I, I want to say around 150 hours building out the content for this event. Um, and we, we have an NPS score of about 96 for these events. So they're like, they're, yeah, there is wow. so much good content in these events. Everyone, I mean, if you just go on Twitter and search the hashtag grow with HubSpot, you'll see thousands of tweets and hearts and loves for these events. Um, so they're really important and just about showcasing and reframing how businesses should think about growing. You know, I think for so long, businesses have thought about, okay, I need to get an outbound sales team to cold call prospective customers. Um, and look, that can work to a certain degree, but if you really want to scale your business and you really want to own ongoing traffic and demand over time, mm. inbound is what it's all about. And so it really, it's really, it's a masterclass effectively around the strategies and tactics around how you can grow your business with content. Mm. Um, and it's, it's been super well received. So we had 600 or so attendees in Sydney and about 4,000 on the live stream. Um, you know, similar numbers in Singapore, um, and yeah, so it's, it's been it's been it's huge. Been massive. It's been massive. I think we're, we'll probably have around a thousand people next year in Sydney, um, just based off how many people we had to turn away because we were at max yeah. capacity. So, <laughs> just a little project you got going on. Um, and what are the takeouts when we talk about content? I know that this is uh, we are starting already to get to a, the tail end of the show, but in terms of the content and the trends that you're seeing, is it long form? Is it short form? Social? Where are you seeing um, people get the most value from creating content for inbound marketing? Yeah, great question. So, I mean, we have a lot of content on our blog. We have a lot of customers, and we do a lot of research. And I mean, what we typically find is that blog posts of two thousand words plus not only get the most shares on social, but they get the most inbound links. And the reason being there is it's because the more content, the more value, the more tips and tricks that you're giving, the more linkable and the more shareable a piece of content is, right? It's because this person reading it is valuing it. And so I think we've moved away now from that kind of frequency game of doing tons of blog posts at a high quantity. And now we're focusing on scaling back I mean, we still post a lot at HubSpot, but most brands I'd recommend if they don't have a huge team like we do, they scale back and make sure that they're focusing on longer form content that's really, really rich in quality. And it comes back to those pillar pages I was talking about. So the whole idea is you want to be creating a lot of blog content that's long form, really great quality around a topic. And then you want to be basically pulling parts of those blog posts and building them into a pillar page that is basically like... Uh, the 101 high level view all the way down to the granular space on that topic. So for example, if you search for marketing automation as a term or inbound marketing, you'll come to one of HubSpot's pillar pages and you'll see there's nothing really about HubSpot. It's all about marketing automation. What is it? How does it work? How to get it up and running? Things I need to know. We link to blog posts that are really high quality. We link to eBooks of ours that are great. And we link to other sites that have other good things around that topic. And so I think 
creating really long form content that's really valuable is really what is most important. Um, Absolutely. A high volume and a high quantity of, of content isn't really the key because you're just going to be, you're, when you're doing high volume, you're just kind of like in that bottom, that second rank, the third rank of people that are doing it, right? Lots of content agencies are churning out, you know, lots of content, but they're not churning out really long form, high quality content. And that is the content that will drive links, that will drive shares, that will drive leads and will power your domain authority to then increase your rankings on search across all of your other pages. So long form is probably the biggest tip I'd say. Yeah. And I can see that trend happening as well. We've been working with a number of clients just in the past couple of months months even where uh, things like white papers are becoming far more popular um, mm. as more and more brands realize that if they want to position themselves as market leaders and thought leaders in their industry, then they actually need to be creating content that has more depth than just a uh, series of 500 word articles. Oh, or whatever absolutely. I mean, I'd probably say a, a thousand words is the minimum that I would ever post as, as a blog post, depending yeah. on obviously the topic, right? Like topics are important. You might be doing a post that's like the top 10 um, homepages. So you might yeah. not have a whole lot of content around the images, but if you're really wanting to like, you know, communicate and educate someone on a topic like that typically takes a thousand words at least. Fantastic tips there. And as we start to wind down again, I just want to touch on the, uh, on the topic of the show, which is innovation and something that you guys are really known for. For other listeners out there who are starting their own business or perhaps looking to try and develop their business into something more than what it was last year, what suggestions from your own experience would you say that they should shed light on from an innovation, innovation perspective? Look, I think, um, you know, if it's, if you're in the early stages of a business, I think the, the best way to innovate is to really be close and connected with your current customers, right? If you have a small customer base, which is most likely the case if you're early on in the business growth stage, I mean, I think it's, it's about being really connected with them and making sure that whether you're creating a SaaS platform or a blog or a media site, that you've got open communication methods for them to get in touch and give you feedback and tips. And so I feel like building out an advisory board with early customers is incredibly important to help you innovate on your product or service. And that's something that we did in the early days and we continue to do now to make sure that as our target audience, marketers and salespeople develop and grow and change, our product and service can develop and change with them and, and it's ensuring that it keeps hitting those needs and challenges and goals that that audience is facing. So I'd yeah. say that that's the, the, the most innovative tip I could give because once you really understand that the, the customer and the target persona and what they want, that shapes everything. It shapes your product service. It change, it shapes your blog content. It shapes the, the calls that your sales team are having. It, it really shapes everything. And I know it sounds a little bit... Um, obvious, but I don't think enough people spend enough time in understanding truly what is at the top of the funnel for their audience. Yeah. And look, it's such an important practice. We create so much content and we create even more for our clients. And one of the things that comes out of it all is that there's a lot of um, communication outward, outwards communication, but not always so much coming back. So one of the things we've done recently is to just speak with our clients and put out some um, in confidence questionnaires and be able to get some feedback around what we can do from a um, client perspective to improve and continue to innovate ourselves and it's been very helpful. We had a strategy day just the other week and it was um, filled with really great ideas and a lot of them came from, um, you know, uh, certainly the genesis came from conversations with our clients. So yeah. making their life easier. Oh, and, 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 and there's so many tools as well, Rakal, online that you can do to, to also give you a, a little bit of extra info without necessarily needing to go into maybe the arduous process of, of interviewing people. And so sometimes I get pushed back from the marketers when I talk to them about they, they'll find, you know, interviewing and all that quite difficult. 
Um, but just using tools like BuzzSumo online to look mm-hmm. at what content is being shared for a topic, you can already learn a lot through that perspective. So like, I really recently just launched um, my own little HubSpot side project on a HubSpot platform. All HubSpot employees get their own free account for life. Um, and it's, it's basically a website to, to help young leaders become, you know, you know, really inspirational, transformational leaders. And, um, you know, using a bunch of different tools, doing keyword research. I mean, it's like the site has been live for two weeks and I've already gotten 600 visits just from organic wow. search. Um, like that's pretty impressive considering this is a brand new company blog. Um, I don't know, and I don't know a whole lot about executive coaching um, or leadership, but I've done a lot of research into what the audience that looks for those services is wanting, and so the content that I've been creating online ticks the boxes, and people are finding it organically. So, yeah, I think if you do a lot of research and understand the consumer properly, then you're set for success. And that is a fantastic way to wind up what's been another fantastic episode of Brand Storytelling. Ryan, thanks so much for joining me. And yet again, where can our listeners find you online? Snapchat? I take it? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm pretty consistent across most channels. It's just my name, at Ryan Benici on Twitter, um, on Snapchat, and then executiv.co, executive.co, without the E for executive and without the M for com um, for that little side project that I'm working on. So, yeah, I'm very accessible online. Feel free to tweet me and I'll definitely respond. Just like all good inbound marketers should be. <laughs> Ryan, thanks so much for joining me on Brand Storytelling. Thanks so much for having me.